invite you to turn with me now to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20, or view it on the screen, or just listen to me while I read it, whatever your, your preference is, whatever connects you the closest to God and His Word. Matthew 16, 13 through 20, hear these words now. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of God for us and for all of God's people. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for all of the many ways in which you have revealed yourself to us. And God, we ask you now to reveal yourself to us. Help us, God, to learn something that we can take from this place to more faithfully serve you in this, your world. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, our rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I really enjoy Disney movies. We have a subscription to Disney Plus at the house, and I fully admit it's for me. One of my favorite Disney movies is The Lion King. Now, the, the new live-action version has, you know, it's, it's okay. But I'm always going to prefer the original animated version. I have no idea what's going on with the sound. David, just, just turn it off. <laughs> it's the power strip to the left. And, and go ahead and stop my phone because I can't record without it. Thank you. At any rate, the original animated version is my favorite. If you don't know the story of the Lion King, the basic version of it is it surrounds a young lion cub named Simba. And in one part of the movie, see, he's next in line to be the king. His father, Mufasa, is killed by a stampede. Well, his uncle, who wants to take over, convinces Simba that he's ultimately the one that killed his father. So Simba ends up running away and living with a warthog and a meerkat. Sometime later, as Simba grows up, he begins to really have this identity crisis. 
And then one day he's at a watering hole of some sort and through the help of a friend, his father appears to him in the sky. The stars take the shape of, of his deceased father, Mufasa. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase what he says, but basically he looks down on Simba and he says, you have forgotten me and you have forgotten who you are. And he goes on to tell Simba that he needs to go and take his rightful place as the king. And as Mufasa is getting ready to, to depart, his parting words to his son were this. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Each and every one of us have multiple identities. We're all known as, as several different things. And just a few that I can come up off of the top of my head are um, brother, son, uncle, pastor, preacher, brother, sometimes a referee, sometimes an umpire, sometimes, well, hopefully all the time, a friend. What are some of the ways in which you're known? Mom, dad, uncle? Maybe it's your job that, that claims a large part of your identity or maybe the job you used to have if you're retired. But what's the most important identity that you have? Which one is the most meaningful to you? Here's something I've come to realize over the years. Is that being identified with Jesus offers us the chance to be known as something much greater than any of those other worldly terms. It allows us to be identified as something much bigger than we'll, at least on this side of heaven, ever fully understand. But being able to see that identity for ourselves, it starts by first knowing who Jesus is. Knowing who Jesus is brings us to that place of being able for, Jesus, for being able to understand of how Jesus begins to see us or to begin understanding how Jesus sees us. And it for fully enables us to claim the identity that we have in him. See, identity is exactly what this passage in Matthew is all about. In order to see how Jesus sees us, again, we first, have to know, we first have to see who Jesus truly is. And so here is Jesus talking to the disciples, and eventually it's just him and Peter talking about this. After the disciples say, oh, well, some people say that John the Baptist is the Messiah. Some people say it's, it's um, Elijah and a couple other people they name off. And Jesus, knowing that they've been with him for a little while now, who do you say I am? Who am I to you? And of all the, the apostles that could have spoke up, who speaks up? Peter. I love Peter. I can relate to him so much. You know, Peter has a tendency to get things wrong, doesn't he? We read in the, in the gospel accounts and later on in the, in the New Testament, and of course those episodes between him and Paul really, you know, that got kind of ugly. But poor Peter, he just can't win for losing sometimes. 
But here, when he, out of all those apostles, is the one to speak up, he gets it right. Again, going against his tendency to do things wrong. Again, showing that some of the things that we're known for doesn't necessarily define who we are. You see, Jesus isn't doing this just as a way of, of issuing a test. You know, like a test in school that you either get right or wrong, and, and that's the end of it. Jesus is taking this opportunity to allow Peter first to know Jesus is indeed the Messiah. But he's also helping Peter to know who he is in the kingdom. And again, Peter completely got this one right. And he proclaimed that you, Jesus, are the Messiah. And as proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah, he's admitting to himself as well as to Jesus that standing before him is the one that generations upon generations of people have been waiting for, the long-promised Messiah. And I really wonder if Peter really understood the gravity of the situation, this admission that he was making, being one of the first people to acknowledge that Jesus is that long-awaited Messiah. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Seemingly simple words, but a profound statement. Peter acknowledges that he sees Jesus for who he truly is, as, how he, tr as he truly is. I heard a Baptist friend of mine one time talking about salvation. And he said, the question that you need to ask yourself about salvation is, do you know that you know that you know? And that is important. We need to know that we are connected with God through Jesus. But in this case, we also need to ask ourselves this question about who Jesus is. Do we know that we know that we know Jesus is the Messiah? Do we know that we know that we know that Jesus is indeed the Son of the living God? Well, Peter did. Peter also begins to understand in seeing Jesus for how he truly is. He also begins to understand something that we need to get as well. Is that our, our identity is intertwined with that of Jesus. As I talked about a little while ago about um, not being able to sing right now or say in the creed or things like that, when I invited you to approach that from a spirit of meditation and really thinking about the words, I invite you to do that just one more time today with one word only. Christian. What does it really mean to be a Christian? The word Christian literally means like Christ or Christ-like. The example that Jesus sets for us is the one that we indeed should strive to follow every day. 
We indeed should strive to be more Christian, more Christ-like, each and every day. And Paul said this pretty explicitly in the fifth chapter of the letter to the Ephesians where he said this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I get asked occasionally how I can be more Christian, how I can... How I can be more of a Christian. Well, the example of Jesus is exactly where you should start. But again, knowing who Jesus truly is gets us a long way in that process as well. And then, then, and then once we acknowledge to ourselves and we have an understanding of who Jesus truly is, then we can understand who we are to him. And indeed, Jesus does tell us exactly who we are. You know, Peter might have been a son, a brother, a fisherman, an apostle. But now he was something much greater than that. Did you catch that? Did you catch that Peter was literally turned into someone else? Because up to this point, he's been called Simon. But then Jesus says this, no, you're Peter. That's what you're going to be called from now on. Because you are the rock upon which I'm going to build this church. Now knowing what we know now about Peter is tempting to go, uh, Jesus, are you sure that Peter was the right choice for this? I mean, surely you could have done better. And certainly at that time, nobody saw this great potential in Peter. I highly doubt Peter saw this potential in Peter. But Jesus saw Peter for exactly who he is or who he was. As someone who would go forth in his name. As someone who would start, be one of the first people to spread the gospel throughout the world. And indeed, to build this thing that we have today, this beautifully imperfect and messy community called the church. It all started by someone knowing who Jesus is and Jesus telling them exactly who they are. When we claim our identity in Jesus, it can truly be a transformative thing. Again, Peter literally became someone else. He was no longer Simon, he was Peter. And Jesus promises that this church built upon the rock, Peter, will never be overcome by all the powers of hell. Let me put it in our context today. What if Jesus said this? What if Jesus said that no virus shall overcome the church? What if he said no hurricane or tropical storm or any of those other things? None of those will ever overcome the church. And again, those things started out, he started working out his plan, all because one of his apostles recognized him for who he is and embraced the identity of who Jesus said he was. No matter who we are to ourselves or others, we truly are changed when we 
when we identify ourselves with Jesus. And just like Peter, we become someone that's completely new. The biggest thing we are, and hopefully we come to understand this very soon, is that we are in Christ. What we are in Christ is we are beloved. Now note that I didn't say love. I can love someone that I met five minutes ago because of the biblical command to love our neighbor. A lot of times when we say we love someone, if we're honest with ourselves, that's a very superficial kind of love. Beloved is something much stronger. And that's what we are to God. We are his beloved. We matter to him. We are his sons and daughters. We are redeemed. Because like Peter, who, again, the world, the people around him might have said, Peter, that sinner? Jesus knew that no, no sin truly defines who we are. And the same was true with Peter, and the same is true for us. And what's more, we are part of something that even the very powers of hell cannot overcome. When we claim our identity in Jesus, we join this community of imperfect people who, through Jesus, are going on to perfection. And as we are identified in this way in Jesus and as Christians, we are, again, called to be Christ-like. And this is how we ought to identify ourselves and identify one another. Now understand what this statement I'm about to make. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the church, the, the big one, the worldwide, we're all Christians kind of church. But the worst and saddest thing to happen to the church is division, us versus them. And that started long before any of us were alive. That's been going on since the very beginning, unfortunately. But what that causes us to do, and even though we have differences of opinion on, on whatever it is, it causes us, or at least a lot of us, to have hate towards someone because of that. And that's not who we are. That's not who Christians are supposed to be like. Because we forget who we are and whose we are. And in a sense, we forget who Jesus is. We forget instead of knowing that we know that we know. And that's something we have to check ourselves on occasionally. We have to remember who our brother and sister are. So my challenge to you is simple. First of all, be more like Jesus every day. And with his help, we can do that. But I also want you to be like an animated lion cub named Simba. I want you to take a reminder of who you are. Remember who you belong to. And my prayer is that you know that you know that you know that Jesus is Lord and that you are his beloved. Friends, I offer this to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.